Hello, it's Jack Tudor here of Attention Magazine. Welcome to Crucial Listening, the podcast where I speak with experimental musicians and sound artists about three albums that are important to them. My guest this time is Alexandra Grunholtz, who is behind the project We Will Fail from Poland. Alexandra makes incredibly intense, beautifully crafted electronic music that uses rhythm in a way which sometimes compels you to move, but other times just makes you feel agitated for being still. There's such an incredible atmosphere to her music. A lot of tension and restraint. In 2016, she released a double album called Hand That Heals, Hand That Bites. And this year, she's starting a brand new record label with Jakub of Monotype Records. And it's what they call a slow record label. So the idea being that they release fewer releases, spread further apart as a means of intensifying the engagement with each individual release. So the first two releases on the label are actually releases by We Will Fail, two EPs containing new material and remixes by artists such as Zia, Kangding Ray, and there's also tracks by Mesh and Eomac as well. They sound incredible, and it's nice to have just a little package of, like, you know, four tracks to focus on, rather than a great sprawling work that you get lost in. Although, obviously, Alexandra excels in both formats. That double album is wicked. So if you want to find out more about We Will Fail, you can go to wewill.fail. That's the web address. And for more about Refined Productions, which is her new label with Jakob, you can go to refined.productions. A couple of wicked URLs right there. So without further ado, here's We Will Fail on Crucial Listening. And uh, Jakub Mikołajczyk, who runs a Monotype Records label in Poland, uh, we decided that we should do something new and something with a fresh start. And we decided to make a new label with a new approach to release not a lot of things, but 
things that we will have a big focus on, that we will uh, take care properly, that we will uh, will put uh, a lot of effort to to them to be uh, something uh, nice and worth uh, time of a listener. <laughs> so yeah, we are working on that since beginning of the last year and we had a lot of preparations and now it looks like it's going to start yeah we are starting with uh, two eps with uh, remixes of my tracks we invited uh, some interesting artists to to that and uh, we asked them to do something they would be really uh, glad about and not to have any boundaries on that you know <laughs> mm, yeah and uh, so now it's coming alive and it's really exciting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you work uh, on something so long and finally it's happening it's a really nice moment yeah i mean I've, i've seen you talk about the fact that this is a a slow label um which i guess is evident in the fact that you have been working on it for you know yeah, sounds like a year i think it will stay like that because uh, we don't want to uh, release a lot of things uh, we just wanted uh, everything to be to be something that you really want to give your focus on that and uh, take time to get to know the material the music and want to Uh, be with it and listen to it a lot of times so yeah <laughs> what is it that's um sparked this desire to approach releasing music in this way because it sounds to me reading about the direction you're taking with the label that maybe it's in dialogue with an alternative way of releasing or thinking about releasing music is there i don't know is is it based on a particular set of thoughts about how we listen to music now yes it is yeah because there are so many releases each year and i don't know uh, most of the time you just listen for a track or two from the album and you don't have time to listen to the rest of it and you don't give your attention to music because it's so much mm. music released nowadays so and everything is screaming for your attention mm. we just wanted to do something a bit opposed a bit opposed for that for that is that present in the way the the releases are presented beyond the time between putting out releases and um the the time you're dedicating to each one i mean is there mm -hmm. are there ways in which the presentation of each of these records lends itself to that idea of i guess cherishing the listening experience more i think yes uh, for example these two eps we could release it on the one album but we thought that if we divide this uh, material to true to true releases mm. to the releases uh, it can give more focus to each of the tracks because 
each track is uh, really different and it has a different approach and when you have something uh, when you have uh, less to consume on the one time you can uh, give it more focus mm. so we thought that not giving everything uh, on the start would be a uh, nice like you have time to taste yeah to hear so this was the the idea of this two releases and it will lead for something uh, later this year but yeah we'll see (laughs) (laughs) um i mean particularly looking at the remixes that you've got on these two releases i know that my personal experiences with someone like kang ding ray Mm -hmm. or zayur I've needed a lot of time just to understand what's going on in the smallest amounts of time and have enjoyed mining very small durations for a lot of mm-hmm. detail. So, uh, I mean, how, what was it like getting the remixes back? Just sending your material out and then getting it back from these people? I mean, did you have any expectations or what was it like? I was really curious and and I was really amazed uh, from the effect because uh, for example something that Zure did was uh, I I thought wow it sounds better than the original <laughs> track and it's so <laughs> it's so nice it's so like uh, she just took all the potential that the track had and changed it in something really really nice wow. so for example, and this Iomak remix, uh, for when I listened to it for the first time, I didn't recognize my track in it. <laughs> and, it was, and it was also so uh, so nice because uh, because it showed me how also how uh, people listen to that material. So so it was really exciting. Yeah, hmm. and I really like because each track is really different and. It shows a little bit different aspect of the track, so yeah, I'm really happy with that. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this label manifests after all yeah. your hard work, and it <laughs> feels relevant to be talking about the endurance of listening, given that we're talking about three albums that have an importance to you as well Mm. generally when i ask people to assemble a list of three albums to talk about i like to ask about the way that they thought about the term important because people seem to think about the idea of importance with regards to listening in so many different ways people have answered or thought about it clearly as Uh, in the terms of what music has made an impression on them as musicians or Mm -hmm. what it's it's done to the way they think about music generally and the way they think about what music is capable of. But what did the term... How did you think about the term important when you were putting your list of albums together? Uh, I thought that... (laughs) I chose those albums because uh, they were important because they were some kind of mm, epiphanies for me, (laughs) musical Mm. epiphanies for me. So uh, 
each uh, of this album show me different uh, approach on the music and uh, in the certain point in my life it was something like a, a kind of breakthrough in thinking about music so each is really different and shows different aspect of music well i'll let you pick which one you want to talk about first but um if you'd like to introduce what the album is and then also tell me a little bit about why it's important as well uh first one is uh, it's hard to say xerox uh, by alvanotto hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh it was one of the most beautiful use of noise that I ever heard mm. and uh, it it has a lot of I think simple compositions with not so many melodies but it has a really big beauty in sound it uses noise to create some beautiful stains and some atmospheres so this album changed uh, my way of thinking about noise and using noise in music because uh, noise you always uh, I was thinking about noise like something that is really harsh and unpleasant and in this album it's just a uh, beauty and yeah. I think it was one of the most important live uh, shows w which I was uh, being <laughs> when I was uh, being. So it, it, it's. I still love this album and I still listen to it. And when I really need something soothing <laughs> and something that would calm me down, it's this one. Do you remember when you first heard it? I think during my high studies. Mm, it would be, oh, I don't know, seven years ago or, or more. Mm. I think, yes, it was some time ago, but I still adore it. And it was the time when I was uh, exploring a lot of electronic music. And uh, yeah, as I said before, it, it was a kind of breakthrough something really experimental can be really beautiful what i um really like about this release and i'd forgotten about i think i'd read originally but the a text that comes with it that talks about the fact uh that it, there's a lot of talk about copying the ri the original and then copying the copy until mm -hmm. just the copy is left and mm -hmm. just that estranged shape which no longer resembles yeah. um, an entity but resembles just a, a stands for a process which is such a lovely idea yeah and and of course a uh, second thing that uh, claimed my attention was the visual visual side of this uh, release that uh, because the music is really really uh, with a lot of layers and uh, with a lot of details and the vis visual side is so clear and I don't know it's 
made this music for more even more noble for me <laughs> <laughs> so uh, like, like this connecting uh, clearness with uh, distortion or yeah noise so did it have a direct imprint on the way that you utilize say processing or noise within your own music Mm-hmm. Yes, it has. It uh, showed me that noise can generate something nice, that you can not only uh, have some strong moments in music using noise, but also beautiful moments and uh, subtle and sophisticated using uh, some glitches or distortion. Mm. So that you can yeah you can use elements not properly and do something new. <laughs> I I understand that there's like advertising jingles used in this album and I think um like elevator music and stuff probably like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But you can just uh, maybe hear some resemblance of this but it just left some beautiful tones and mm. it, yeah, something that this uh, Alvanota did is it still it still works like uh, this album didn't get old mm. what about the other albums in the series do you connect with them as well mm, they are good too but this first one was the the most important but you know you cannot compare always this first one with the with the second one because you can have this big impression only for the first time even these two were good too <laughs> so the, but the first one was the one that was hurt first and it was this breakthrough you were i was expecting something good after this second and third and I did get it hmm. but it was not it wasn't it so yeah yeah you can do it just once I thought that there will be another Xerox but no 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 is that the end of the Xerox albums I don't know hmm. I think the I should read about it I just I don't know but first one was so strong, is so strong, that I think uh, there there is no need to make another version of that, hmm. another part. I can't remember if you said, did you say that you saw him perform this live? Mm-hmm, yes. Wow. Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was the first uh, concert that I was lying on the ground. <laughs> Wow. And closing my eyes, and it created so so many spaces. And I know, I think I, I like in this kind of music that it creates space uh, for thinking. Uh, that like it makes uh, it changes the space, and it can make you. I don't know that it fills you, but. Uh, there is still place for something else and it can... I've lost the word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
talking about emotions and feelings. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> ah. But I still remember this concert, and even it was so, so long ago. Wow. Yeah, I totally see what you're saying. It feels like music in which there's space for you to inhabit rather than yeah. confront, mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. And what about his more beat-driven music? I mean, I think I came into his work through the Xerox series myself mm -hmm. and then later found the, you know, universe and Unitext-T and albums like that. And I was like, I can't believe this is the same guy. But um, mm -hmm. what, what do you make of those albums? Are they albums that you enjoy as well? I think they have a different function. Mm. And uh, I heard of, of one of this uh, more technical album uh, live as well, but it uh, requires different attention. It's like uh, music to to move to, like in the club. So mm. it works well, but it is something different. And uh, those ob those albums are not something that I am remembering and uh, listening often to. So I think it's something different. Yeah, it sounds like it's as much a device to keep Karsten Nikolai in balance than... <laughs> You know, for Nobody anyone else. Is. <laughs> Healthy bands, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I, I did an interview with him actually after he released Universe, and I only revisited that today actually. But he said, I need to step, something like I need to step back from the, the noise, and mm -hmm. maybe I'll go back to the Xerox series. So it's like, okay, I've had enough of the loud, I just need space now, you know. Yeah, but but I can understand uh, this uh, searching for balance with this technical and rhythmical stuff and this uh, more uh, soft and uh, ambient, let's say, music. Like uh, you don't want to just to make one kind of music because there are so many possibilities and there are so many emotions and why to stay in just in the one place where you can try different stuff and try to make some different situations is that what releasing a double album allows you to do <laughs> for example yeah <laughs> 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 about this double album yeah it was like uh, walking into two different directions in one time so <laughs> <laughs> it was a trial to to do something like this in, in what way in what way uh, I didn't want to be perceived as person who is just rhythmical and making a club music because using rhythm, rhythm uh, doesn't oblige you doesn't have to be uh, doesn't have to keep you uh, as a club artist <laughs> so mm. I wanted to avoid that because it's not something that I want to tell with my music right yeah so yeah doing double and different albums yeah so th that's the reason <laughs> <laughs>
if you'd like to introduce your second album and uh, tell me a bit about why it's important to you as well. Okay, so uh, next is Otek, second band that I don't know how to uh, spell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I think they even uh, said they don't care about how people are spelling this name. And huh. uh, I, I had a problem with choosing one of the albums of them because for example there is this triad for me uh, in Kunabula uh, Amber and Triopete hmm. yeah. it was hard to me to choose because I treat them like uh, just a, another um, epiphany in music another uh, discovery in music for me hmm. so let's say three repeta <laughs> to be yeah strict <laughs> uh, this album is really important to me because of rhythm and it showed me that really complex rhythms can be can keep you flowing can can be still uh, bouncing is <laughs> it's a bad way but this music uh, flows and it uh, it has a really complex rhythm but it's not really hard in uh, when you are listening to it. it doesn't make you tired hmm. so it it has some clearness and roughness in the same time and uh, listening to I don't know something in this music is really empowering that it gives you a lot of energy and confidence when you for me it's uh, music that I want to hear when I want to conquer the world <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when I'm when I want to yeah, freshen my mind to stay clear and sober during the day. Wow. Something that, yeah. That's really interesting, <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's interesting you say that the, the complexity of the rhythm, uh, that it doesn't make you tired because I feel exhausted listening to any of the albums they <laughs> release nowadays but but, but no I've, when you say about uh, their the newest releases i can agree because they are really really mind consuming <laughs> at the moment they're really uh, they're really hard to listen to because they are so complex and so different in the every second so and even if each track is really hard. They are making really long albums. I don't know, last year was this four hour album? Oh yeah, it's like five think, parts. Yeah, I think we tried to listen to it in our office and we divided in to a few days, but still <laughs> we had trouble with that. <laughs> but still, uh, when we tried to listen to that in the office, okay, it was hard, but Last year I also was in this live show <laughs> on, uh, of the Atec hmm. and it was brilliant and 
it was something really massive and something that you cannot listen in the office and while you are working <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you cannot focus on anything no. but we are, we are staying in the darkness and just listening to that music it is something I don't know it's hard to describe it it's something wonderful it's something that like I said before with the Xerox that uh, this music creates space to thinking this is something totally opposite it fills you totally yeah. fills you and <laughs> there is no uh, there is no place for anything else <laughs> it's just music and you are this music you are just in it and it's all that you are and yeah, listening to that music is all that you are in the moment. So yeah, so that's fantastic too. And for me, yeah, it, it was also uh, one of the most important <laughs> uh, concerts. But yeah, from the last few years. So yeah. So I think there are some kind of magicians. So <laughs> <laughs> These two guys. I think. Um, I probably saw them playing the same kind of set that you did if it was last year. Was it kind of the second half of last year? Uh, probably, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Hmm. Yeah, and it's like an hour, just an hour long. I mean, they all are, aren't they, I guess, recently, but just a like an hour long piece. Mm -hmm. It was really long and in the darkness, so yeah. there is no, no light and just really loud and complex music. Mm. So I felt... I felt like I had to duck at some points because mm -hmm. there's something very three-dimensional about what they're doing now and mm -hmm. a lot of impact which feels quite quite not violent but um mm, but it's catastrophic. Really yeah. Yeah. I I'm intrigued to what you think of like whether the direction they've taken over mm -hmm. the years has it made you think differently about their early material? particularly the three albums that you've highlighted as being particularly important from the early days? Oh, they... <laughs> in what they are doing, I think these three albums that I picked are more pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny, but they are more... Um, I don't know. You can listen to them uh, in loop. Mm. And there is uh, something nice in them. They are so many melodies some tones so, so some spaces and uh, now they're gotten brutal and yeah, non-compromissive i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah so i think yeah i like what they are doing live but to listen during the day uh, like the thing the, the albums that they made earlier yeah they are more soft i think i think it's interesting to hear the tiny little glimmers of what they would be doing later just start to rise up through mm -hmm. those albums particularly with try repite you can mm -hmm. hear a lot of the textures that they're going to be using later, but they're mm -hmm. a bit more disciplined with them. Yes, so like 
they were shy at the beginning and but more <laughs> confident later and said yeah or maybe they were preparing yeah. audience to, to something that will okay that will count <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny actually because it, it feels almost like um the xerox record which you know is all about something being a copy of a copy mm-hmm. it felt like orteca became self-referential to the infinity to the point where they were just chewing themselves up yes but i think in the opposite way like they are uh, each another album is more like the essence mm, yeah. <laughs> the essence of the brutality like it's uh, like it's uh, getting rid of something uh, ir- not irrelevant just something that it's doesn't have to be there something unnecessary like they are just keeping this essence yeah I yeah think. yeah now that's actually that's really interesting because it felt like they were a bit more in dialogue with what other people were doing back then I mean mm-hmm. they did that EP which was a protest against the attempt to basically illegalize raves um, Mm -hmm. where you know it it felt like that they were still on planet earth and still aware of what was happening Uh, and now it's like they're on on planet (laughs) Otek who knows where that is yeah who knows (laughs) but still it's 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 an interesting place yeah (laughs) <laughs> that you want to hear and you want to, I don't know, watch for a moment. Yeah, yeah. And try to understand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that part never goes well for me. But <laughs> <laughs> no, Me too, but trials are good too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, um, I think that's why I, I kind of, I connect with the duration of their work nowadays. I think I really love long works because it's daunting i like the feeling that you've been listening for two hours and you're like oh no Mm -hmm. i've got like three hours left and you can (laughs) feel quite stranded in that and Mm -hmm. that in itself is quite a unique sensation with Mm -hmm. music you can only really get that by i guess having just an incredibly long duration yeah and it's it's so un mm. And modern, <laughs> I would say, because <laughs> right now everything is so short because our our brains are constantly unfocused, yeah, so, so distracted, hmm. and uh, yeah, getting focused and being in something in more than forty minutes, it's it's hard. Yeah, but still it's possible to be in something, as you said, in long, uh, long listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's something nice too. Hmm. I mean, it's interesting, like you say, it's something that seems to be a product of the culture. But then mm. what's also interesting is the fact that with your new label you're using shorter durations in the name of a more dedicated experience Mm. so do you think at any point you'll go to the other end of the spectrum as well and play like a 
really really long Abu? yeah I don't know maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's nice because yeah I don't know what will happen in the future <laughs> yeah that's true but because maybe there will be something that that will uh, long timing will be uh, which will would make a sense so hmm. so who knows yeah i guess it's not like you can get to the end of a finished work and go okay i'll just double this and then i'll have my long album <laughs> <laughs> i even i think i i heard one artist uh, that one artist uh, who made some material for a kind of festival he made a i guess 40 minutes and he was asked to make it 60 minutes because it's too short for the festival i think and he got angry and just took all his material and slowed it down <laughs> <laughs> i of course won't, I won't say which artist was but <laughs> i think it's funny really yeah <laughs> <laughs> that uh, you want it uh, longer so okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> we can make time pass slower <laughs> wow yeah yeah it's um Because it's quite self-destructive, that as well, isn't it? It's like, okay, I'm going to yeah. make it so I don't even enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, it can be ugly yeah. then, and you can ruin the, all the composition, but uh, you you have what you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you want to have. Yeah. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> If we could have your final album, Alexandra, that would be great. Yeah, and the final album is uh, La Barca by Thomas Conner. It's funny because uh, this album is, in one way, it wasn't epiphany for me, and it wasn't a discovery, but it always uh, surprises me that For example, this year, of course, uh, Spotify's uh, resume resumes at the end of the year show me that it was the album I was listening the most. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it's funny because I think the last years uh, it would be the same album all the time because uh, it's really long album. Mm. And... It's album that I am listening all the time, uh, maybe not always, but very, very often when I am traveling. Uh, it is made by field recordings and some tones, melodies. It's really atmospheric and it's really long and it's really, hmm, how to say, it's, it's not a big album it's not something that crushes your mind and makes you say wow but uh, it's something that changes the way you perceive what you are seeing so 
yeah, it, it changes the way you are seeing the world while you are listening to that album. So hmm. for me, it's uh, it's something that I'm really, really interested in music. Like the music that you are hearing can change the way you are thinking about the world. So. <laughs> is is that in particular reference to your experiences when you you are traveling? Mm-hmm. Yes. Even when I am traveling and the way is really long, I just realize that very often I'm just listening to this album. I think it's more than it's longer than an hour. An hour. Mm. And uh, when it ends, I'm turning in I'm starting starting it again and again so even if it's long it doesn't bore me hmm. oh. I think it's the hardest uh, album to speak about because it's really subtle and intimate it's strange for a Thomas Kona record I think it feels really intimate yeah, and as for the Thomas Kunner, it's really baroque. <laughs> Just yeah, because it it has a lot of sounds, and it's it's not a drone full of drones, but it's more like yeah, a lot of recordings, lot of spaces, lot of I don't know talks, lot of people. There are a lot of people and a lot of places in this mm, this album. Yeah, it's strange. I think I think what strikes me is the the sense of I don't know there's something social about this album mm-hmm. yeah it is it's like a, a lot of uh, meetings lot of, uh, yeah. lot of I think it's it's like a travel this, I don't know uh, when I heard this title and uh, how this album changes for me it's like a travel or it's like an arc for example like it's a gathering of so many sounds like in one place mm. like something you don't want to remember uh, you want to remember mm. yeah um yeah i mean it definitely feels like a a, a diary for him mm-hmm. um i mean i read something really interesting actually from an interview that he he did and he spoke about this record and said that a lot of his works you know I think he did one relatively recently about the Arctic but with a lot of those kind of works which are about fixed spaces the -hmm. listener is expanding into those spaces whereas on Labarca the listener is experiencing a verticality he said like a standstill while the the space moves through you as a listener um, Mm -hmm. rather than the other way around and that completely changed the way that I listened to this record you know knowing that Mm -hmm. that or thinking that that movement was taking place I thought was was really interesting yeah I I can hear this movement movement in this album it's I think it's why I am listening often during traveling you know when you are sitting when you're in the one place for a, for example in a train for a few hours but 
in the same moment you are in the really different places and <laughs> you are moving so <laughs> it's really a strange situation <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> yeah because yeah, you are static and dynamic in the same time <laughs> yeah and also you're overlaying his travel diary onto your actual real world experiences which is yeah. kind of crazy as well yeah and it, it, it changes my travel a bit like <laughs> into his <laughs> like I'm stealing his travel <laughs> <laughs> yeah because that's the thing I guess you could be traveling through one country and these tracks are in the version that I've been playing the actual place names are listed but I know in some it's just coordinates but mm-hmm. you know you could be in I don't know America and be listening to the sounds of Amsterdam <laughs> it's, a, it's a strange kind of um, overlay that you can play with that yeah you could yeah you could you could make a for example the same travel yeah with uh, and make a different recordings on the same places mm, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah have you seen Thomas perform live at all Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. I think it's two, two years ago, but it's sad to say, but it was cold then, and I couldn't focus on music, and uh, it was really mm, static music then. Mm. It was drones, and it's something that I would expect from him. Right, but. Yeah, it's it's kind of usual Thomas Connor for me. Right. But uh, when I'm listening to this album La Barca, that it's something uh, different. Yeah. Mm, yeah, this was definitely really took me by surprise. I've heard quite a few of his records and hadn't heard this one, but felt like I knew what I was going to expect, and then was really, uh, yeah, really taken aback. Yeah, but it's different, yeah. And uh, as I said before, it's funny for me that it's it, it's not a big album. It's not something I don't I don't know something some kind of breakthrough, but but it just stays with you. I mean, he sounded like to begin with he wasn't going to release it, and then people were like, "Come on, you've got to put this out." But yeah, I mean, I I, I guess that's where the intimacy comes from. In that mm-hmm. you know yeah. he never really intended it to be heard beyond his own ears, but yeah, I thought that was interesting as well. The fact that it's almost an accident that it's out in the world and probably wasn't composed with that lens, you know, of like oh, lots of people mm-hmm. are going to hear this, which is again, I, I I wonder how that shaped the work. Yeah, but you can hear this intimacy of of this record. It's yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like a, it's really small and and nice. <laughs> even <laughs> it's uh, even it's long.
well this has been great i mean thank you so much for coming on alexandra and sharing your three albums with me it's been wonderful <laughs> oh thank you very much it was nice to talk with you if people want to find out about your music or the upcoming label as well where should they be headed on the internet oh in january probably our website refined.productions and uh, soundcloud and just social medias and so on i think it will be on all streaming services and there will be some physical copies of the music too so it's too big to say it will be everywhere <laughs> but if someone will be interested yeah it's not hidden <laughs> that's good to know <laughs> google and you will find um yeah so thank you once again and to everyone listening i will see you next time <laughs>